All right, let's get started. Father, we thank you for this time that we have together. Lord, we do thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for healing and getting me back on my feet. And Father, for this message, as with all messages, I'm going to need you desperately in this. So Father, give me words to speak. Lord, I speak a blessing over the ears of the hearers that all the things that they need to hear and they need to understand would be heard and remembered. And Lord, whatever is trivial, unimportant, or not necessary would pass along into obscurity. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. I apologize if I sound nasally, raspy, or any combination of the above. I just got over being sick, so as Truman slides me the tissues. <laughs> All right, so today's message, Taming the Tongue, part two. Now, most of you probably haven't heard part one because it's in my podcast, and I'm just kind of picking up from there because the last two weeks were doing a special teaching. So, subtitling this one, We Trip Ourselves Up, Not Other People. So, what we've covered so far. Last week, we were teaching about the heart, and the week before that as well, we were also teaching about sin. We talked about darkness of the mind, which was the passive, just not doing anything with what you've been taught. And we talked about darkening of the mind and hardening of the heart, which was actively disregarding what was brought to you, whether it was through a teaching, through the words of a friend, or something that the Holy Spirit put on your heart and you just flat out said, I don't want it. Before this was the tongue, so that's about three weeks ago. Three or four weeks ago. And we started out with James 3, verses 1 through 6. I'm actually going to go a little slower and give everybody a chance to turn there if they want to. Or jot it down. Your choice. Or both. Or both. All right. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, also able to bridle the whole body goes on to say indeed we put bits in horses mouths that they may obey us and we turn their whole body look also at ships although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things see how great a forest a little fire kindles and the tongue is a fire a world of iniquity the tongue is set so among our bodies I'm sorry, the tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and is itself set on fire by hell. So we covered taming the part and tongue part. Wow. (laughs) Try that five times fast. We covered taming the tongue in part one and how it defiles the entire body. All right. It's not just talking about your physical body, but rather the entire body of Christ, the church. We also looked at the dangers of getting into teaching for the wrong reasons. For instance, I could be up here teaching, trying to get everybody over to my way of thinking and my way of doing and living lifestyles that I approve of so that 
I can feel good about what I'm doing or just manipulating people's emotions and time and energy to benefit me in some way. The stakes are a little bit higher for teachers because we will be held accountable for the things that we speak and the things that we teach. We also looked once again at how what we speak has an impact on others. Okay, I can walk up to Jennifer and either tell her, Jennifer, you are blessed and the Lord loves you and he has great things for you. Or I can say, Jennifer, because you haven't quite made it to the point of being, you know, just really righteous, you've missed the boat, you're done, your toes go away. <laughs> at which point Jennifer says, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so this is not just when we teach, but also we are when we are just engaged in conversation with one another. We have to be careful of what we're speaking. Okay, how many times have you heard about people gossiping in the church, and maybe even we ourselves have been doing the gossiping, talking about other people and spreading their dirt when it doesn't need to be talked about or spread? So goes for everyone, not just teachers. We also saw how, even as Christians, we are unwilling to change direction in most cases before we experience some form of discomfort, okay? Because in a horse, what they do is they put a bridle in the mouth, and depending on the structure of the bridle, it puts pressure on the tongue, it'll put pressure on the jawbone, or a combination of all three, and that will determine A, how the horse holds its head, and B, how it runs as a result. Also, how it jumps. So we introduce these slight pressure points of discomfort and the horse will respond to that and either turn one way, turn the other, keep its head up, keep its head down to avoid that pressure and discomfort. Now, for all the animal activists out there, that doesn't mean that anyone's abusing horses by putting bridles in their mouth. It's just a slight discomfort that's like, uh, oh, I don't like that. I'm going to go this way because that's where the pressure is. <laughs> but we're the same way. As long as something feels good, why change it? So we get involved in sin, we get involved in gossip, we get involved in slander, we get involved in talking bad about ourselves or other people, and it feels good in that moment, so we won't change it, because it just feels good. Feeling death, or feeling good, can still bring death. Just because heroin might feel good when you shoot up doesn't mean that ultimately you're not going to die. Just because... Sex outside of marriage might feel good doesn't mean that you're not going to potentially contract something or sow spiritual seeds of death. And they just all go hand in hand. But even as Christians, we wait until there is a change in the feeling. Once it doesn't feel good, that's when we say, oh, well, I guess I need to change something. I guess... This sin isn't all that I thought it was. And then others of us just proceed to beat our head into, head into a brick wall because <laughs> we want our own way. In the process of all this, we touched on the principles of blessing and cursing. Um, you know, you can speak blessing into being. You can speak cursing into being. It's all within your purview and authority given to you by God to do. And just so we're clear... Those who are not saved also have the same power because the tongue has power. Words have power. And we touched on the topic of useless conversation. Back in Matthew 12, 36 through 37, 
And I will give you all an opportunity to get there. Right, Master Juniper. <laughs> Matthew 12? Yes, Matthew 12, 36 through 37. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it on the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Question. Yes. That statement. Now, I know what the Lord has told me about that statement. What do you think he has said by every idle word? That's what I'm teaching right now. No, I'm... Okay, but... Let me, let me go, go on, okay. because that's what I'm teaching right now. <laughs> okay. Okay, so that word idle is the Greek word argos, and it means useless word. Now, this is where it gets interesting, because the next word is word, ironically. And that is the Greek word rhema. It is a specifically spoken word. This is something that you formulated in your head to speak. Not just something that right randomly ran by your mind. You're just like, oh, you know, how about them Patriots? Or how about them Broncos? Because I know if I say Patriots on the air, everybody will kill me. Uh, you know, what about that latest, latest and greatest car? Have you seen the newest processor they just released at Intel? It's not talking about that. This is talking about words that have no value in a person's life. In fact... In general, yes. But very specifically what this is talking about is spending time not building somebody up. Spending time where you are causing damage. This is a specifically chosen set of words for the purpose of causing harm. Or even the, for the purpose of avoiding building somebody up. Maybe you've been given a word to speak and you specifically chose not to speak it to that person because you've got a judgment against them. Or you just don't want to because, well, I'm just nobody and I don't really, I'm not that special, so I can't talk about this. Baloney, you've been given a word to speak, speak it. <laughs> you know very well some men speak for each other. Mm hmm. Okay. Where does that lie in what you're saying? Where you're actually doing a put down verbally. Mm hmm. And it's not a put down because the both of you know each other still have to be careful that's what i'm after you still have to be careful because there is a point where it goes from just playing and banter to somebody takes it internally and it has become a curse yeah okay now there is plenty of times where if you're here at the men's bible study we banter back and forth but we are careful about how far we go and what we say all right you know, there are certain things that Greg will say or do, and we call that a Gregism, right? And it's not a slam against Greg. It's just something that he says or do that is unique to his personality and how he says or does it. And then if somebody else does something similar to that, we all bust out laughing, and Greg's like, ha, ah, you just did a Gregism. <laughs> okay. Well, nobody knows Greg, and nobody knows all of that, you know? So, I mean, you can always get offended and... And then right there, you're back at being caught, being careful of the younger brother in Christ who is not mature, okay? Not causing them to stumble. But ultimately, 
and, and this is a double-edged sword. Sometimes it's a case of some people in the group just need to grow up. Okay, if you have a concern, be mature, go up to somebody you feel is in charge and say, hey, you know, this is what I heard and it doesn't really sit well with me and here's why. All right. And then if the person that's in charge says, okay, I, and this is important because if somebody comes up to you and addresses an issue that they feel is important, you know, just dismiss it out of hand and be like, oh, you're just a child, go grow up. But you take the time and you hear what they're saying and you explain to them, okay, I've known this person forever. This is the reason why we go there. This is the reason why we joke about it. They're okay with it. They come back at me with just the same kind of humor. It is nothing to be offended about. It is nothing to be heard about. If after that, that person is still offended, that person clearly has an issue that they need to deal with. That's an issue in their heart where they are taking up offense for somebody else that's not offended. Mm-hmm. Okay, because it's you're still going to affect the life. Mm-hmm. And he may not be the subject of what you're saying, but he's still affected by it. Yep. So every idle word, every useless, specifically chosen and spoken word. So moving on, we're going to Deuteronomy thirty, verse nineteen. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life, that both you and your descendants may live. So what it's telling us is that we have choices to make. Okay, We're not stuck in some system where we have to do things because that's just how we do things and there's no way to break out of it okay we used to be part of the world we used to speak nothing but cursing now we have a choice to make because how we speak has an effect on not just other people but on ourselves as well now it's no surprise to anyone here that knows me i am a little overweight no yes i can so I am a little overweight. I had to stop walking around calling myself fat because the Lord looked at me and said, is that your identity? Is that who you are? Well, darn it. <laughs> I couldn't even argue that one. Yeah, I got a little extra pork sandwich on me. <laughs> it was a good pork sandwich. But I had to change how I spoke about myself. So, moving on to James 3, verses 7 through 8. And this is the only slide I made blue because I had something I was trying to show and I couldn't get it to show up on the red. For every kind of beast and bird, and a reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Now, this verse brings up a quandary I've been dealing with for a long time, even though functionally I've been working it, working it just fine. 
right? It's been going just fine in my life for the most part. I'd say almost without a hitch and that'd be almost true. I still have times where I don't speak correctly because I'm human, but it's getting better as I go. So that word can, it's the Greek word dunamai, meaning power or ability. Very specifically what this verse is talking about is our self power and self ability. That which we have within our flesh to be able to do. Okay, I have the ability to pick up this coffee mug and drink out of it. Yum. But as a person, I do not have the power or ability to tame my tongue. I just don't have it within me. It's not something I can do. I think I know where you're going. Just hang tight. Scrolling right back into James 3, verse 8. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. We're going to come back around to that issue of no man taming the tongue here in just a moment. But unruly, it will not be restrained. It fights it actively and intently. It does not want to be restrained. Deadly is the Greek word thanateferos. Death bringing or bearing death. It carries death with it. Not a very pretty picture for your tongue. All right. And the next word was poison. It's rust or poison or poisonous rust. Now, when you get rust into your fluids or whatnot, it can cause a couple of different issues in your system. So that's one aspect. Rust corrodes and destroys. The tongue can corrode and destroy things you built up, other people, the body of Christ. It is just full of all kinds of poison. Sorry, Gene, do you need me to go back to the... Okay. So the reasoning that I was coming from, and it's not really saying anything, it's just stopping you from not using it. But it doesn't change the attitude. Exactly. Which is the issue. Because if you haven't changed the attitude, if you haven't changed the underlying reason why the tongue is doing what it's doing, you haven't fixed the problem. And the minute that you get enough pressure, mm -hmm. it's going to demonstrate that the problem is very still in, in your face. Yep. So moving on to verse 9 in James 3. With it we bless our God and Father. And with it, we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Now, the word bless there, right at the beginning, is eulageo, which just means to speak well of or good of. Right? It's nothing fancy or wonderful. It's just you speak good things about God. But then we curse men. Kata eoma. I'm sorry. Now messed that one up. Kata eomai to curse, doom, imprecate evil upon. We speak bad things about our fellow men, people who were made in the image and likeness of God, people who are precious to him. Okay. And moving on to verses 10 and 12. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing, my brethren. These things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? 
Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives, or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh. This verse has been a bit of an issue for me for a long time. Because I always had that, that issue of, you know, back in James 8, no man can tame the tongue. So you can't tame it. And yet you're supposed to be bringing forth fresh water. And yet you do the bitter water at the same time, which is contrary to the nature of how a well works. I mean, have you ever been around somebody where you just listen to them talk and what they're saying? It just It's refreshing. You know, it breathes life back into you. You're like, man, I really needed to be around you. I really needed to hear this. And you've been around other people that are just like, I cannot wait to get out of your presence. It could not happen faster. Where's the door? I need an excuse. Get me out of here. So we're right back to out of the same mouth, proceed blessing and cursing, fresh water and bitter water. So we have a problem. James tells us that it's a bad condition and we speak good about God, but we curse men who are made in his image. And it doesn't even phase us. Half the time we don't even stop to think, you know, I shouldn't have said that. And even if we do stop to think, you know, I shouldn't have said that. Half that time we don't go back and apologize and say, you know, I was wrong for what I said. Proverbs 18, verse 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. So we can make a choice it's always on us to make a choice about it and we can build fruit for life or death one or the other we're not bound to always do life we're not bound to always do death back in deuteronomy 30 19 once again i call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that i have set before you life and death blessing and cursing therefore choose life that both you and your descendants may live which carries with it more of an implication of how it will affect those in your family. How you speak will have an impact on not just you, but your children. So wait a minute. James just said no man can tame the tongue. God says choose life. Later the tongue has the, uh, has the power, as we saw in Proverbs. So which is it? Can we tame the tongue? Or can we not tame the tongue? Do we have a choice or do we not have a choice? John 7, verse 38. This right here was the linchpin. This is where it all clicked for me. He who believes into me, as the scripture said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now, depending on which Bible you're reading, it will just say, he who believes in me. But if you look at the Greek for that word in, it is the Greek word ice, which is into. It shows motion. So you were in one place, you are now in another place. So out of his heart will flow rivers of living water, which means that you can be a well of living water, fresh water. It doesn't have to be bad water. This is about obedience. This is about submitting yourself to a process. And Jesus gives us authority over our tongue. So it's not about me and my flesh controlling what I say. It's about submitting my thought process before the Lord and saying, Father, this is what I'm feeling right now. 
what do you want me to say? And it's irony, really, that this came when it did because I was dealing with an issue uh, with somebody and I had to sit there on the edge of my bed and think, Lord, I know what my emotions want to say to this person. But what do you need them to hear? What does my mouth need to speak to them? Because what I'm feeling, I know, is only half right right now. Jesus had perfect control over his mouth. He never once spoke a curse over anyone. He did curse a fig tree. I know somebody's going to bring that up. He cursed a fig tree, but it's not a person. (laughs) Jesus had no hardness of heart to be dealt with unlike the rest of us so let's take a look at this and Jeannie do you need me to stay there for a second yeah okay what about when he said he threw the punches (laughs) well he was (laughs) he was calling them out for exactly what they were being they were cunning they were deceitful and they were deadly so, so a, we consider that Jesus was the in the right context, sure. No. <laughs> Always ask Jesus first. No, he drove out the change collectors and told them that they were turning his. Yeah, he, he was like, "Get out! You're, you're turning my father's house of worship into a house of a den of thieves." Okay, so yeah, he called them thieves, but that's exactly yeah. what they were doing. Which, again, was a very carefully chosen, specific word toward them, telling them what they were doing. It wasn't just an idle accusation. They were literally stealing from the people. So, here you are, going about in your life before you met Christ, not paying attention to anyone or anything. You're just running around, doing your thing, la 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 la. (laughs) You like my animation? And then all of a sudden... Jesus shows up, and you're like, whoa, Jesus, and it is, it's got, a, you know, long hair and a beard. <laughs> oh, a beard? Yeah, it's a beard. Oh, come on, you're killing me, Smalls. See oh, that right, like right there? Yeah, it looks that's, like the other side of his hair. And that's, that's, that's his hair right there. <laughs> I recognize you from kids, don't worry. That's because you're the super spiritual one. <laughs> no, <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> Okay, anyways. And Jesus says, you know, I've got something more for you. If you enter into me through the door, because I am the door, I will give you relationship, righteousness, salvation, love, and everything that you've ever truly wanted in life, beyond the material stuff that you've had. And you're like, well, heck yeah, I want some of that, so I'm going to go right inside here. And the next thing you know, you are covered by his spirit, or I should say you are covered by his love, his righteousness, his salvation. He now dwells in you, with you, around you. He is all about your being. You now have all the power in Christ to control your tongue. Because it comes from Jesus. That's why it's obedience. Yes. 
Because so then if you're listening, mm -hmm. each time you have a thought, each time you have a desire to express an emotion, he says, no, that's not a good one. Remember the verse where it says, therefore be slow to speak, quick to listen, and slow to wrath, right? Well, if you go back and you look at the word in, it's the word ice. Be slow into speaking, be quick into hearing, be slow into wrath. So if you are slow to speak about something, but quick to hear, not just what the other person is saying, because you know what they're saying is value, but that's not going to tell you what you need to speak. You have to be quick into hearing from Jesus so that you can speak appropriately, thereby not getting into the wrath, which is judgment or anger with a judgment behind it. Or a curse. Or a curse. It depends on how you want to deal with that person. Mm-hmm. So, there you have it. Right oh, there. In Jesus, you've got it all. You've got the power. You've got the authority. You've got the grace. The enabling grace to help you do it. But back when you were over there in the world, what'd you have? You had a world system way of doing things. You had a world system way of speaking. Everything was about you and your flesh. There's no way you are going to control your tongue in that state. But the second you crossed over into Jesus and into life... You now have the Jesus way of doing things. You have new power over your life and over your tongue. You're no longer bound up in that stuff. So we actually do have a choice. It's not a simple case of, I have to control my tongue. It's a case of, I have to submit myself to Jesus and let him show me how to use this thing that he gave me in the first place. So we moved inside Jesus. That gives us the power to choose. The tongue cannot be tamed by our flesh. It can only be tamed by Jesus. Because Jesus was the only one on earth who ever had a perfectly tamed tongue. Please? Oh, yep. Let me go back there. There we go. No, because flesh controlling, <laughs> flesh controlling flesh just brings more flesh, which just brings more death. I lived that chapter. Sucky chapter. I think some of it is also like transformation because some of it is not just like that. I don't know. You know, there are there are things that happen with a flip of a switch, and there are other things that happen with several dozen switch flips. <laughs> but I think like the more transformed you are, the more like like he was saying, like your thoughts are changing, your perspective, everything, and so like you see things and people differently, and then you react differently as you're transformed by Jesus. You feel different. Mm -hmm. Sometimes even if you want to like or fear you, you, it's so overpowering and you you have to deal with whatever is there like so that is the scenario in which our tongue can be tamed and that is the scenario in which we become wells of living water 
Living water will flow from us and our mouths, just like James 7.31 said. But we always have a choice. Because no matter what anyone says, it's not just, oh, well, I just reacted in the moment and I didn't think it through very carefully. It's you think it first. It always gets processed in your head first. You say it second. So if you're not thinking correctly the first time when you speak, then the first thing that comes out of your mouth, or I should say the second thing that comes out of your mouth, will be the first thing that went through your brain, and most of the times it's not correct. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this time that we've had together. Lord, we thank you for your word and the message. Father, once again, I just speak a blessing over the hearers that the things they need to remember would be indelibly burned into their minds and that which is unimportant would be just forgotten and pushed away. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.